0: Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Abels and Hyman. We taste better. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food, all the time. I love food. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat at restaurants, anything food related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. I give cooking classes and will travel anywhere to do them. (laughs) I cater for people for Shabbat, Yom Tov, Shavuos, that just was, parties. Anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. And I hope that you will tune in every week to hear about my latest cooking adventures, where I ate, what I ate, and what I made. But I want to hear from you too. So if you have any had any great food experiences that you've either made or ate out at, Please share it with me, Naomi, at com. And thank you for all of the, all of you who do send me little uh, emails and contact me. I really enjoy it. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and through my website, uh, TheAussieGourmet.com. I'm really excited. I've got nearly 2,000 followers on Instagram. So I'm like, yay, thank you, everybody. Um, so if you eat it, share it. We have an amazing show. It's a couple of days after Shavuot. It's just been... And incredible, we started off the week with Memorial Weekend and we have not stopped eating since. It has been great. So um, we've got actually a big announcement a little bit later on the show, so I hope you'll stick in and uh, stick around and hear about all the exciting things that we have on today's show. I've got uh, our first guest is going to be Eli Hoffman. He is the grill master and owner of Five Towns Waiting. We're going to be talking to him as well as Jesse Blonder, owner. And Executive Director, we're giving you a big title, Executive Director uh, and owner of uh, the Co- Centre for Kosher Culinary Arts out there in Brooklyn, and we have Liz Reuven from Kosher Like Me. So we have an action-packed hour. took me a long time to get into this studio today, so I'm like still a little traumatized from that driving. I can be in New York for a very long time and still not realize that it can take you two hours to get somewhere. Ah, uh, so yeah. Hi everyone, how's it going? Hello. Big wa- Hi. Big waves to all my guests. Thank you all so much for coming in and uh, being with me today. Um, so we're gonna talk first to Eli. How are you? Thank
1: God. How's everything today?
0: Yeah, good, good. So um, everything's good. Yeah, okay. It's nice to be here. Okay, so I've been trying to get Eli to come in and do a show with me about barbecuing for a long time, and you know I love barbecuing. It's my favorite season, uh, the summer and spring, when we really get into barbecuing. Eli, um, is also, I want to, a personal chef as well, let's, as well as a grill master, and he also runs the Five Town Waitering Service. So let's take it all back. When did you get started, and what was the first branch of the Eli Hoffman brand? Oh, well, uh, originally it started, I was
1: working in restaurants around the area, and I was, uh, uh, you know, helping out with summer camps and things like that. And caterers would come over to me and say, hey, could you find, we're just going to do a drop-off of some food at a local, you know, synagogue for a kiddush? For an engagement party, they said, do you have any, any extra people you could work with? Because I was working, you know, with the restaurant, just as like a sushi mitzvah at the time or a bistro later on. And uh, I kept on bringing in waiters and eventually became bartenders and it became, you know, later on, obviously, uh, you know, personal chefs as well.
0: So w- whenever I have a party and I need sh- waitering because I can't be always necessarily be there, especially on Shabbat, yeah. I call Eli and, and he provides me with waiters for my uh for my clients but if you're you know looking for waiters you don't always need to have me there um right. you can call Eli directly
1: it's something in a manager slash party planner slash you know, anything that needs to get done for a party capacity. That's what it became to. Like, so, so I right. needed me to get paper goods or sodas, etc. you know.
0: And you work with a I lot of – I take
1: care of a you lot work of things.
0: With my, my, you work with yeah. me and you work with other uh, personal chefs sure. um, in the Five Towns area mm-hmm. and beyond because you do a lot of Manhattan parties also. Mm-hmm. you
1: have done a lot of Manhattan. I actually – what started the Grill Masters event was I had a client that was out in the Hamptons. Oh, sounds
0: so fancy. I,
1: except that I would – pick up food every Sunday from, let's say, like a, you know, like a super saw or someplace that was like local.
0: I think they call that now
1: Seasons, right? It's called Seasons <laughs> oh, now. No, te- at, at the time, it was called Super <laughs> can't teach an old dog YouTube. This was this is, this is a little way back. And I could literally just drive up there every Sunday and that's, hey, you know, you could grill, let's grill things up. And I'd been working in steak restaurants for years. So obviously I knew, you know, I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I could do a job just as good as them. And I'd go up there and I'd do a lot of like grilling up there. And then I was like, why am I going all the way out to the Hamptons after two, three summers of doing this? I'm like, I'm sure there are people more locally around the five towns that could use my help. And sure enough, you have a whole community on Atlantic Beach that people from the city, they come out there and they have their summer homes out there and they were able to use my help. And, and I slowly expanded to doing all of the five towns and uh, – we even do a Chalmoy circus barbecue out in Hershey Park in Pennsylvania. So I've taken oh, my service cool. all the way out to Hershey, Pennsylvania, if Woo! need be. So, yeah, you know, we've done a lot of really interesting things, some corporate parties. And and thank God it's last summer was very successful. And I know we've worked together with some of our ideas. We've
0: done some fun We're, things, some, things some, together. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It was great. It was great. I like when we do the barbecues in winter. I kind of feel like we... Yeah bringing summer
1: a little bit closer to us. Absolutely. I mean, there's never a bad time for a barbecue, I'd say.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Poor Eli's had to barbecue for me. Um, it must have been mid-December. Just, I'm thinking December 8th, that, the date that sticks to my head. I think it was, so. snowing. it was always right
1: before the holidays. It was
0: so. snowing and raining was a little mm-hmm. bit before Hanukkah, and mm-hmm. he stood out there like there was a cover, mm-hmm. um, and it was like a massive $10,000 barbecue. It was a beautiful piece of equipment. And he's barbecuing in the dark and the rain and the snow. And let me just tell you, everything came out perfect. People could not get over this guy <laughs> and his team. Your 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 team is also very, very, very professional. I
1: try to use a lot of my friends, a lot of people I've been working for years with at restaurants. And a lot of people I trust that if I'm not there, they could take care of things. And right. I, I get different ideas from different chefs and anybody I bump into. rather be at a Passover program in Vegas or San Diego or wherever I am. And I meet other chefs and I try to get their ideas and I try to incorporate them with some of my ideas and come up with different, you know, Marinades for chicken, rubs for steak, and, and just incorporate that all into a package and personalize it for the client so and I'll work with them on that.
0: That sounds so good, all that all that knowledge coming together, you know, like inhaling everything. I know when I was at the Pesach right. program for Ramatarell, I just spoke to the chefs. I looked around the kitchen and I just tried to inhale everything that I was watching and learning and incorporating it into.
1: Oh, well, yeah. When you're in back of the house, you really learn a lot, being on the job and seeing people and right accumulating you know knowledge in that aspect so So
0: let's talk about a little bit about rubs and marinades okay so people think you got to put a steak in a lot of sauce for it to taste good so what are your thoughts on
1: that i'm not a big fan of steaks and sauce there's too much caramelization uh the sugar will bring up the heat quicker and actually burn it Mm -hmm. i'll do some type of reverser i'll actually do like a, a thicker cut of steak on the top part of the grill
0: Great. Can you just say that again, reverse sear? Because I know what it is, and you know what it is, but some of our our listeners don't know what a reverse sear and is reverse sear is. I actually found it on YouTube right. um, through one of my gourmet glat butchers, um, and and he told me it was. But explain to our listeners what a reverse sear is.
1: It's a slow cooking technique, basically, where you're you're using indirect heat to kind of give the meat or the chicken, uh, you know, uh, even cook all around. So instead of like, for instance, you put a thicker, you know, chicken breast on the grill, and that will just burn the outside instead of actually cooking it all around. Right, that happens. You would slow cook it maybe on the top part of the grill. I use that, you know, technique a lot. That shelf that comes anyway, above, I I
0: threw my first one out because I had no idea what to do with it. Now I I happen
1: up. to use that a lot, and then I'll I'll basically cook it, and then I'll especially for steaks, you raise it up and you give it a quick sear on side just to give it that extra. You know,
0: so you're finishing with the sear rather than starting with it. It's exactly. the opposite of what we're all used to, and I, I love that—that that it's a f- almost a foolproof technique.
1: Well, every chef says that the best way to cook a steak is obviously medium rare, and if you could cook a steak on a perfect medium rare and to just give it that extra char on the outside, anything that's perfect—you know—that's the way it should be.
0: What's your magic number for medium rare? Do you have a number? Because I know you come with your, your thermometer.
1: <laughs> I I actually, not always with a th- thermometer. Sometimes just all by th- feel if you're, there, you're around there enough. Right. 135. 135. Would, 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 135. So
0: that's also my favorite number, yeah. even 130. I have a daughter that would like it at like 100. She likes it so rare. We she, call
1: that black and blue. Black yeah. and blue. Black <laughs> yeah, and blue. Yeah, we absolutely.
0: say she likes it so rare she just wants to walk a cow through a warm yeah. room. And It's, that, still, that's move, it's still moving
1: on your plate, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: that's not for everyone. I can't have it so rare. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you want a nice dry rub to stop. The burning of the sugars that are in sure. marinades. So, what would be a really easy rub for a client, you know, uh, or a listener that, you know, they, they're hearing about this? It's Friday morning right now, and they're going to run to Gourmet Glut. They want to buy some of the their fabulous cowboy steaks there. What mm. would be a quick rub that they could throw on? A
1: quick rub you could put together. You could buy yourself like a basic uh, steak rub, like a barbecue spice rub, I'd say. Okay. Um, and then you, I always like to add a little smokiness to it, so I'll put some chipotle in there, some fresh garlic, you know, some fresh salt and pepper as well. And just the basic ideas, those those five items together, I always find are great. Sometimes just to add a little balance, you could put some Italian seasoning or oregano in there, just to give it that extra a little kick. But those are some great some great things you could put together and just create a rub out of. Do you brine your chickens? I I let them sit usually, you know in like a freezer bag for like, you know, over a, a period of time. I don't usually.
0: <laughs> you don't usually, brine. Uh-huh. Brining is the method a couple of weeks ago. See, Kate, can you believe it's now after Shavuos So we did that show right after um, Pesach. We did a, Mark Zomik and I did a combination of our two shows and we sure. called it Stunt for Two. He's the stunt show and he, he's Thursday afternoon and I'm Friday morning. And we combined the two shows called Stunt for Two and we did a whole thing on barbecuing. So he was teaching us all about brining, which I didn't know. You took chicken breasts, the tops, which usually get really dry, and he brined it in water, sugar, and salt. I think I want to say soya sauce, but I can't exactly remember. I think we all need to go back and watch the show again in prep for the summer. Um, And they were so moist and juicy.
1: My mouth is watering. (laughs) Um, Sounds good. That
0: it was really plump and juicy, and it was amazing that –
1: I like using the thicker cuts of the chicken breast, not the thinner ones, because those will dry out really quickly. Right. If you could cook, you know, cook those perfectly, they should come out really, you know, nice and. You know, I've been delicious. using
0: it. I'm now obsessed with the dark meat, chicken bottoms. That is sure. like you cannot mess those the up. Pal-
1: Giotte, the like, pargeau.
0: Yeah, the yeah, the pargeau. Oh yeah. my gosh! I have
1: a sesame teriyaki marination. I use.
0: Oh, so okay. That's really good. Nice. You got a lot of things going on there. What about veggies? What do you put on your veggies? Because I think a lot of people are vegetarian. Right. Um, and I know you do some tuna kebabs as well mm-hmm. on the barbecue um, but what what do you like put on vegetables what what kind of like do you do a, a dry or a wet
1: you could do either sometimes just you need olive oil salt pepper some Italian seasoning that's all you sometimes you basically need sometimes you really want to keep things interesting you know just throw it in a bag throw some any type of Italian dressing you have on it and let it sit in that Italian dressing for a couple hours that's all you really but need it won't sometimes.
0: turn into a like a, a pickled, Kind of thing where like things sit too long in dressing?
1: No, no. As as long as you have thicker cuts, you should be fine. You don't want to cut it too thin.
0: Right, and you do want all that flavor. Yeah. So sometimes, you know,
1: sometimes simple, especially when I say this with steaks, if you have a really good like aged steak – Fresh salt, pepper, olive oil, that's all you really need. You don't have to go crazy. You know?
0: Okay, what's an aged steak? I know what it is,
1: but a dry you know, let's is talk, talk they... about,
0: to, to some of our listeners who are new into meat or not quite sure, it become popular again to have aged meat.
1: It's it's a process of taking a roast or a piece of a prime rib and letting it sit out in a, you know in different smoking you know processes and things like that. I'm not a butcher, so I can't go into the specific <laughs> details. I don't know all the specifics of the matter, but... They age it in such a way that you know sometimes a month is probably your regular amount of time that it just it creates a whole new balance. They age of it in
0: a fridge in a climate exactly, control. Yeah, in a climate
1: control, right? You'll okay. see it on a shelf later on, like a la Marais or something. But
0: yeah, mm, they, yum, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been there in a while, but I know I love that butcher shop in the front. That yeah, that always to.
1: gets my attention ah. when I walk in there. You know, that's uh, okay, quite cool. something. All yeah. right, well,
0: thank you so much for joining me. It's it goes by so fast.
1: I just wanted to mention <laughs> yeah, one thing. Yeah, sure. Um, or I have a friend out in LA right now, and trying to bring this whole idea out to LA because it could we, be a year. We have a lot
0: of California listeners. Now,
1: so we're trying to get a Grill Masters LA going, and uh, like I said, I I get the the meats, and I try to support local, you know, local community butchers and things like that. So that's what I'm really trying to. We're do all as
0: about well. local, aren't we? Right.
1: So you try to a gourmet, or you know, the, the local lady in the community does fruit platters or somebody local desserts, and I'm always trying to give back to. Somebody around the five towns. So okay. the, I think that's the best thing that, to do. That's yeah. so
0: nice. And <laughs> and when you do travel to other places, you you, you um stuttering. You use their local also, which is really nice. I
1: would do that as well, and obviously, you know Ari White. I use yeah. <laughs> a lot of his stuff. For we use smoking. a lot of Ari White. Ari yeah. White Square, and there's another person in the community, Isaac Lazerson. He has He's also got yep. something coming up called the Hickory, and he's got some great smoked items as well.
0: So. Mm, I know smoking is so in. Smoking well, is, is the is new so in. in,
1: absolutely. And I, I, I offer a lot of smoking packages right okay. now, so, so I um, think that's huge. You know? How do, how does someone get a hold of you, Eli? Um, well, they could contact me. Okay. Um, like they can contact me at 646-270-0559, which is also the number for the waitering aspect. Say that again slowly. Uh, sorry. <laughs> that would be uh, – Because the
0: ladies are cooking right now. So they've got to wash their hands uh, right. and grab a pen and paper. Right.
1: That would be uh, 646-270-0559. Or they can look me up. I have a Facebook page. I'm working on a website now. The Facebook page is www.facebook.com. Uh, dash, uh, Masters of Q, just the l- letter Q. Okay, so. wonderful.
0: Eli, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank I'm you. I'm going to have everybody switch around. You're welcome to us uh, stay and, enjoy and join in later on in the conversation. Everyone's going to move up a seat. Thank today you. is musical chairs right here on the Naham Siegel Network. We are on the Lorry side today, having a great time. Um, I've got here, can we zoom in on this? This is my. CKCA moment here. Okay, we got a nice little shot of the brand new, um what do we call this, a poster?
2: That's uh, a postcard. A
0: postcard. Yeah,
2: that's our and new ab- postcard.
0: Hi, Jesse. How Hi, are you?
2: how's it going?
0: Yeah, good. good.
2: Good to be back.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. We we had you in um New Year's Eve. Was it really? It was New Year's Eve when you came with Dini and
2: Mechie and, and Chef, Chef Wiseman.
0: Chef yeah. yeah, it goes really fast, the time. <laughs> We're like, May something now, so...
2: It's summer's coming.
0: is coming. So let's talk about the summer program and our big announcement that we're going to make today. Okay. Um, so here, can we have a drum roll? ZK, ZK can do a drum roll for us. It's very exciting. You can <laughs> hear it live now, right here on the Lower east Side. The Yumi Nachman is going to be going back... To cooking school! I'm gonna be joining. (laughs) I'm going, I know it's very exciting. Let me tell you, I'm so excited about this. I'm gonna be joining, uh, the, um, summer intensive cooking class for four weeks.
2: For four weeks, that's right. Ramaz. Yes. So. You go. Okay. Well.
0: (laughs) As you can see, I'm like a little jumpy as, as, as excited as, as I always am, because this is a great opportunity for me to continue my education. Lawyers have continuing and lawyers have continuing, and medical, me, doctors have continuing education. So this chef right here is going to have continuing education, and I'm I'm really happy it's in Manhattan.
2: Yes, so this is our fourth summer back at Ramaz Middle School where we have programming. We have uh, the Summer Cooking Intensive, which you're taking, which is a four-week course.
0: Yeah, t- tell me more about what I'm going to be learning. Oh,
2: you're going to be learning a lot. I know. A little bit of everything. The Summer Cooking Intensive, it's a 16-day program. And it's basically a miniature version of our longer program, our certificate program, which is designed for people who want to go into the business. Right. So we take the best, some of the best aspects of that program and we condense it down into 16 days. And it's taught by some of the chefs who teach our larger programs. Okay. So you're going to be learning knife skills. You're going to be learning. Uh, basically, we go through almost every major ingredient group. So we do a day on salads, a day on soups, a day on poultry a day on beef a day on lamb lamb on lamb yay your favorite of course <laughs> uh we do a day uh, a unit on asian cuisine we do hors d'oeuvres we do we have fleischig and we have milchig because ramaz has two beautiful kitchens oh, up that's there that's
0: fantastic because you've only got in the brooklyn school fleischig we
2: only right we have the one kitchen so
0: i'm so really going to get to learn milchig
2: you get the premium experience
0: oh i both like Both sides
2: that. of the aisle yes so
0: who's going to join me um yeah,
2: who, like students.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have well our listeners maybe want to yeah. join.
2: Well I hope so. Well we have we we have space for twelve. It's a very intimate group.
0: Right. Uh, I like that it's not too big.
2: It's not too big, it's hands on, fully immersed, so you're gonna be working in this great kitchen all summer. And we have a a very diverse group. If if last year is any indication. Right. We have people who are on break from college. We right. have people who have just graduated from high school before they go away for their gap year. We have people who are retired. We have people who are off because they're teachers or they have off for some other reason. We have people like you, <laughs> bloggers and radio hosts and celebrities. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I, I see your look. I went online when I was, you know, preparing for the show. Your summer program mm. is unbelievable, just across the board.
2: Yeah. Well, Ramaz, because we have the two kitchens, it gives us the opportunity to do things we don't usually do. Right. So we also have a companion program to this. We have the, what? the Summer Baking Intensive, right. which is 12 days, which is great because we get to do – things that um we do par but we also do milchig things like croissants oh. and things like uh things that really should be made there right. where you won't even be able to buy them in bakeries cuz most places don't even make they them. They don't make yeah.
0: butter croissants.
2: Exactly. So that's a great opportunity for people who like to bake and want to learn some really great techniques, new dishes, new items. So we've got the baking intensive. We've got the summer cooking intensive, which we offer on three different schedules. And then we have teens camps, which are mostly sold out already.
0: That's unreal. Yeah. There are so many kids that reach out to me saying they love to cook. Can they be an oh, yeah. assistant? Can they learn with me, spend some time with me? Yeah. Sometimes they're just too young. Yeah. yeah. But I yeah. always recommend, you know, especially if they can get to Brooklyn, say, from the five towns where I live or yeah. if they're already in Brooklyn, go to you.
2: Yeah. We have the teens camps, summer cooking and summer baking. Thank you. <laughs> Thank which you. is we, we're offering them in both Manhattan and Brooklyn, so we're sold out of the teens camp in in Manhattan, but we still have room in Brooklyn, and we have still have room in the baking camps, which are great. It's uh, two weeks, and they learn a lot of really sophisticated things, things that uh, you wouldn't think teens might be able to manage, but they. We've been expanding the program since we realized that kids these days, Love to they know a lot. They come in with a lot of knowledge, and they come in really motivated, and they want to do. So we give them the opportunity to do, to do some really cool things.
0: All right, are you running over the summer in Brooklyn, some of your classes?
2: Yes. So in Brooklyn, we have our training What's... programs running okay. in cooking and baking, and then we have uh, classes scheduled in the evenings, our recreational classes. Okay. All kinds of different classes, and also in the summer in city, for three days a week, we also have we have a great lineup. We've got uh, some new chefs. We've got we've completely expanded the programming, so there's the opportunity to take classes in a variety of different topics.
0: So you know what I I notice, and I'm Mm going to sign up for that class, the Indian class, because there's no kosher Indian restaurant left. There's I don't think there's I think Shalom Bay. Bombay's Bombay closed down. Oh, really? None of the none of the Indian restaurants with mainstream hatches that I know of, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. so please forgive me. Right. Um, have closed down. So I I love Indian food and I really want to be able to, to make it. To make it you know, I've done one or two things, but to learn the basics and the concepts and the foundations of Indian cooking, and then get to eat it, will be yeah. like at a restaurant. Yeah. But do, you, do we get to eat at every class?
2: Of course. I <laughs> remember when I thing. when
0: I took my original chef training classes at the JCC on the Upper West Side when they had their kosher cooking school that was run by Julie Negrin.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, do you know her?
2: I I know of her. I don't think okay. we've ever met.
0: Out in Seattle, I think she's back in Seattle oh, now. Lucky her. Um, yeah. So I uh, we used to cook like everything and then we'd just sit down and eat and have a glass of wine with everything that we made and everyone would talk about their experiences of what they made. Yeah. So I, that was like the yet another highlight besides learning, sharing with my other chefs.
2: Yes, that's a big, especially in our recreational classes. So we spend time learning, we spend time cooking and then we spend time enjoying, All right. that's eating, drinking, okay. exactly. Okay. So nice. those classes are great. You, even if you're working this summer, they start at 7 p.m. so you can get off work right. if you're looking for something fun to do during the week for just one night or we have short series as well. So you don't have to commit to a program that's 16 days, of course, unless you want to.
0: Yeah. It's actually perfect because you're off on Fridays. Right. It's 10 to 2 every day, right? right? It's not too early. So it's not – It's no. not – I can put a kid on the bus.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, to go to day camp, hop on a train to Manhattan because I'm never driving here again, <laughs> and then take a train back or drive home or however, there's still plenty of time to meet a bus on the other end from, exactly. from day yeah, camp. Yeah, and
2: that's why we we do it special. So people, we try to make it as convenient as possible.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I, I totally said that. I'm so excited. You know what? It's been a, a big hit that I've noticed. What's that? Your competitions, your couples competition.
2: Yes. That is so, crazy. I was yes. on the
0: site last night. Everything sold out.
2: Yeah, well, we have – it's called Date Night, I think you're referring to, yeah, which date, is a class, it's your
0: Date Night. It's hilarious.
2: It's a class for couples, and we have two formats. One is a chop-style competition, mystery basket kind of thing, and then we also offer it as uh, a seasonal menu where you create dishes that our chefs develop, and then we, you, we guide you through making them, and then you sit down and enjoy them. And we also do both of those as uh, private party options. And we've get, been lately getting a lot of people from your neck of the woods in the five towns for anniversary parties, birthday nice. parties, uh, bridal showers, you name it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I've been doing something a little, different. A lot of bridal showers lately. Well, yeah. it's the season, you know.
2: Exactly. The sphere
0: is over and everyone's getting close to that. We're basically in wedding season. Yeah. The bridal showers are always fun. Sometimes the brides are completely intimidated by what's going on around them. And yeah. sometimes they know. More than I do, so
2: exactly, <laughs> yeah,
0: um, yeah. No, I thought that was really nice that you have that couples night. I said to my oh, husband, it's... "You want to do a cooking class together?" And he's like, "How about you cook and I'll eat?" I'm like, "Nah, <laughs> <laughs> no way." That's Sometimes
2: like... we get couples; it's the opposite. We get the man who really wants to cook, and the woman is not interested. Yeah, and she's dragging, He's dragging her You're to better. the class. <laughs>
0: Please make me some food. Exactly. That's very funny. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit now. I know we're jumping forward, okay. but what? Talk to me about the fall and what people are thinking about now. What they want to do about the fall? We start, lined up the fall classes. People that want to.
2: Well, fall is like fall is. Our busiest time, back to school. So right. in the fall, our professional programs they're nearly booked already.
0: Right, that's There's why I wanted to bring it, it up because they, they need yeah. to think about. So tell, talk more in depth what this. If you're thinking about going to cooking school, right? Um, or you've just come back from Israel and you can't decide what your major is yet, and you're not quite ready to start college, and you want to go into the cooking industry.
2: Well, we have our programs are unique. They're short term, intensive style programs. People take them for a variety of reasons. We have one in cooking and we have one in baking and pastry arts. Right. And if you're looking to get into the business, it's a great fit. If you have the time and want to explore in really great detail this passion for cooking, it's a really great fit. So
0: how many months is this? Because we know the summer intensive is like four weeks. Four this weeks. This is like four months, right? Um, months.
2: It runs – You know, we, we jump around the holidays, obviously. So I think when it's all said and done, it's at least 12 weeks. So start in early Seriously. September, end in sometime in December. Um, but it's only four hours a day, so you could work it in with something else. And we're, and I think we're all, we're also going to be offering the culinary program on a part-time basis, two nights a week. So that will run probably six months. But it's, you can work it into your schedule if you're in college or if you work. We've had a lot of people who are, have full careers, full professions, or students, or dentists, doctors, and podiatrists.
0: Won. Did, is that what right. Jonathan, Doctor Jonathan my Doctor
2: Jonathan, yeah.
0: and exactly. he's a foot surgeon, and 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 he came in. And,
2: and he became, became a chef. Yeah, he, he we had him program. on the show.
3: Yeah.
0: Um. So really, if you're just interested in food, I like learning. Besides eating, I lear- I like to learn what's behind what right. goes on the plate.
2: and that's what it's about. Exactly. And the
0: butchering. I came to visit Jesse the other day. Um. To do some. Came PR on a good shots. day. I came on a great day because. They were butchering lamb, and mm-hmm. I got to watch these. Maybe there were six or eight guys mm-hmm. that were in the class. This class, for some reason, was all male. Right.
2: But you never first know who's going to sign up. Exactly.
0: Um, for the class, and they were butchering lamb, and we watched Chef Avram Wiseman like mm-hmm. show the guys and guide them through Frenching and cap- fat caps. And exactly. I, it yeah. was like, I can't wait to learn how to do this. But they have like three days of lamb.
2: We oh, do two days. we do I believe it is 3 days and we we take racks of lamb whole racks un-unfabricated as we say and they, they we use every aspect because lamb is so expensive as a chef you have to learn how to make use out of every drop so we take the fat we save the fat for making sausages on another day mm. and then we take all the trimmings and we create lamb burgers which are out of this world and then we of course we make the racks of lamb which is, uh, I was talking to Liz before, costs about $8 every time you take a bite. A bite,
0: yeah. So my daughter just came back from Australia. (laughs) Um, She was there for her, uh, she's in SKA High School, Halbs Girls High School. Um, and she brought back lamb chops
2: <laughs> in a suitcase. In a suitcase, right. you're allowed
0: to dec- you're allowed to bring Australian meat into America. I've, mm. I've said this before on air, so I'm like, I need my Australian lamb.
2: Next time, I think she should bring the whole animal. The whole ant am- yeah, <laughs> it to the school.
0: Yeah, that would be pretty funny.
2: That would bring be a funny. sheep on the yeah. plane.
0: Yeah, okay, we'll she, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll try it. If they stop us at customs, we'll know that it doesn't yeah, work.
2: Exactly. And
0: she also brought me back Vegemite. I know everyone's so excited to hear that there's more Vegemite in this country, but yum. Yeah,
2: What's the appeal of Vegemite?
0: You have to have it from birth, or you just think it's disgusting. Well, how
2: do you you consume it? Okay. (laughs) What do you do with it?
0: Nick, when I come to cooking, are you going to be there on... on In the, in I'll Chelsea. be
2: there, yeah Okay,
0: so you, I'm going to make you a Vegemite sandwich okay. I wish I would have bought it with me Okay, ZK, you've never had a Vegemite sandwich with me No, no, I don't think Nachum's had either For sure, not Miriam Okay, we're going to have to have a Vegemite sandwich party I'm going to bring some, Liz <laughs> um, Vegemite, it looks like black tar
1: Right It
0: almost smells like black tar But you have it on a piece of toast with tons of butter And okay. you smear some Vegemite I'm not going to say black tar And it's delicious, it's very salty you just if you don't like salt it's not for you
2: is it fermented
0: I want to say yes but I really have no clue
2: what is it made from
0: yeast extract it smells like beer it actually smells okay. like beer it's it's got tons of b12 it's ha- actually really healthy for you but you have to get past that you know I'll try it yeah I'm gonna I think I'd like it yeah if you like salty and you the, the smell doesn't offend you you're good to go
2: especially if you take some butter and you smooth it out a little bit.
0: Well, everything with butter is good, right, yeah, guys? Yeah, exactly. I know everything is butter with good, so, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I hope that you can stick around. Uh, we're going to loop Liz into Musical our chairs. Okay. Com- conversation. No, you can sit there. I think so long as ZK says we're good, we've got you on camera. Hi, Liz. Hi, hey, honey. How are you? Yeah, good. Okay, we're just checking sounds and mics and all that. Okay, how you doing? I would like to taste Vegemite. Okay. I'm I g- like salty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to bring some next time we get together. Yeah. That'd be delicious. Well, I don't know, but <laughs> Lo- try pr- it. Yeah, you're I'm right. open. You're, uh, uh, see, I like yeah. that. My husband, we're married almost 22 years, has not tried it. Some of my kids have, seven, some haven't. But I think the smell, you have to just be able to go beyond. You have things. to push past it. Ah <gasps> Yes. It's so good though. It's so good. I, when I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, I had tremendous cravings for it. So my mum sent some to me. But otherwise... Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, busy week, right? Shavuot. How was Shavuot?
3: Yotiv was good. Very busy. Yeah, you know, preparing um, a post for Kosher Like Me on Shavuot, you know, there were so many fantastic roundups out there with all of my blogger friends, Kugels and Quiches and Blinces and all of that. I decided to do something that would be, you know, would have cheese in it, but that wouldn't be so... Intensely fattening and decadent. I um, turned to our friend Melinda Strauss. Well, wow, Melinda Strauss. And I decided kitchen-kitchen-tester.com, right? And I des- and I posted a recipe that she had done that was shave- a shaved zucchini salad mm-hmm. with some delicious cheese. And I really liked that idea for Shavuot because, you know, I mean, I love a Kogel as much as everyone, but you know, I don't really want to pay for it for months afterwards, which <laughs> seems to be the way it happens. So yeah. um, I loved the fact that zucchini's not in the farmer's markets yet, but it will be any minute. any minute. And then when it comes into the markets and it's flooding our markets, you know, no one knows what to do with this kind of enormous abundance of it. So I love the idea of shaving zucchini. So we went with a salad like that. So that was my uh, Shavuot post. And I also did... Um, Really delicious shakshuka with very mm. low, I mean, eggs from um, a coop up the street from
0: me. Oh, that is too cool. She, Liz lives in Connecticut, so she got access to chickens. Yeah, lots of chickens. Yeah, not, not so many in five towns. No. Why do you like? No chickens.
3: Go Make Lad has
0: chicken, it Egg yeah. has eggs. Costco.
3: We went Costco to. Is open well. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we went to. Um, my friend who um, is a beekeeper who has a beautiful apiary up the street from me in Connecticut. What did you call a bee? The the place where you're raising bees and making bees is called an apiary. Cool. Yeah. And did you she, know
2: that? Yeah. Yeah. You know that. Wow. Well.
3: Yeah. And she has um, hens that lay eggs that are all different colors. You know, I'm gonna post it on. I'm gonna post that egg picture later on Instagram. Okay, so go to uh, Liz's
0: Instagram page. Yeah, uh, kosher, everything is kosher like co- me. Kosher like me. See, and I'm also I'm Naomi Nachman on some things and Ozzy Gomez and others. So I have to like make right. make sure to decision. keep it simple. Yeah.
3: So anyway, she has these eggs that are like almost almost olive green beautiful robin's egg blue. She has some that are almost yellow, some that are creamy, some that are almost orange and brown. So I like to go to her for eggs if I know I'm going to shoot the picture before I make the dish. So we made a dish with um, some beautiful um, local cheese and these gorgeous eggs. We did a great shakshuka. We had guests all weekend and we just had a great time cooking and being outside it was a beautiful
0: weekend yeah it yeah. was really thank thank god because i yeah. thought it might rain so you are listening to table for two with naomi nachman on the nachem Siegel network our show is also heard on arut Sheva english radio the show is sponsored by ables and hymen we taste better we're so talking a little bit about our dairy and then i put in my amazing ables and hymen product because we actually also besides having tons of great dairy meals had a barbecue uh, on Monday for Memorial Day slash Shuffle what? We carefully carried our little flame outside and we turned on the gas and keeping with, you know, all the laws of, you know, transferring a candle and lighting a fire. So um, we did not – sometimes it blows out by the wind, but it was really nice the other day. So um, we did some um, Abel's and Hyman hot dogs. Um, The no-nitrate ones were unreal. And I kind of felt like a little healthier because they had no nitrate. So (laughs) we're going to call it the healthy hot dog. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of fun stuff going around um, on um, for on all the different blogs. I love that we have all these different besides fabulous cookbooks. Have you seen the new one by Daniela Silva? I have not seen it yet. So, oh, I'm going to bring it. Oh yeah, I would <laughs> to love to it. show it to you, it's yeah. really lovely. Have you seen it? I haven't. It's a really lovely cookbook. Very modern, fresh, crisp look.
2: What's
0: it called? Um, the Silver Palette by Daniela Silva. The Silver Table the maybe. Si- Am I saying it wrong? So, no. Well, the silver palette, The silver platter. The silver, the silver platter, platter. Because the silver palette is si- something else. Is, the silver yeah. platter. I do apologize, Daniela. It's a beautiful book. It's written in conjunction with noringolette um, We're going to have them both on the show. Hopefully, we're trying to coordinate with Miriam Pascal from Art Scroll, who's overtime cook, who's busy working overtime for her cookbook. I feel like there's so much going on in the foodie world. Um, she had some beautiful salads in there also. Just like a lot going on besides the... Great books, the great blogs. You almost sometimes don't need books if you, you know, there's great blogs. And, and even, um, you know, the newsletter that um, Kosher Culinary puts out. Yeah. Um, if you want to sign up, you want to just well, that a mention?
2: culinary kosherculinaryarts.com. We send out a newsletter every week. We feature cookbook authors and bloggers like, like yourself. Yeah. As well as recipes from our own chefs. So every week you get it in your mailbox right when Shabbat ends. And yeah, we also do the, the special ones for the holidays. Like we just had one for Shavuot.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I saw you had a very nice one go up by Shlomo Schwartz. You know, you know Shlomo, yes. right? Yes. 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 Shlomo. He did Sabich.
2: Sabich salad. One of my I favorites. Love,
0: yeah. I love, I love like sabich. That is my, my, my favorite. Um, sabich and shakshuka. Oh, <laughs> eggplant city. Yeah. <laughs> I try to throw in roasted eggplants now. Always in my salads. I always try to have a whole bunch just in the fridge, just roast it up in a ziploc bag, and I just throw it every oh, night into good a salad. For you. Yeah. And I used to deep fry them. I know I'm terrible. No. But no. Now I started um, roasting them in the oven, 400 degrees, with salt and olive oil, till they're softened and brown and much, much healthier.
3: You know, eggplant is one of those ingredients that people are a little bit intimidated by because they don't know whether to salt or not to salt. And why is that so bitter on my tongue? Sometimes, you know, your tongue sort of sizzles with, um, what is that that makes your tongue sizzle? Do you know? On the eggplant? I'm not sure. It's
2: probably some kind of enzyme. Yeah, it's an enzyme.
3: I've never tasted bitterness in an eggplant. Yeah. So people are a little bit baffled by certain ingredients even ingredients that we eat often like eggplant so um on kosher like me i do a series called seasonal snippet yes so we're going to talk about yeah and and eggplant is coming up because i think that um we need to understand how to handle eggplant better so that we don't have you know a mouthful of seeds or that enzyme and black or that enzymey feeling on your tongue which i get often yeah so
0: yeah I love eggplant. Yeah, I do too. So my, my, I may have different, 10 different salads that I make, um, with, with, um, I have, think I, on my blog, I think I called it crazy for eggplant or something or excellent eggplant. And I gave out three recipes on eggplant, but I actually want to take a break to do our what's for dinner segment. And it's all about zucchini chips. Um, I made these on Yontiff. They were an excellent, excellent hit. It's, um, I found it in a magazine called Southern, uh, living. Uh, it's one of my favorite magazines. I'm not sure if you guys have heard it or if you get yeah, it. I know what it is. I love it. Everything there has worked. And I kind of like did my own version of it. So um, I took a half a cup of panko crumbs. So I just, I'm sorry, I didn't say that our What's for Dinner segment is sponsored by Gormeglat. I did not mean to leave that out. Um, and thank you to Gourmet Gormeglat for always being a big sponsor and friend of Table for Two on the Nakham Siegel Network. Um, so I took uh, like about a half a cup of panko crumbs. And then I used um some fresh basil leaves. So many of my friends are growing basil in their back gardens. I'm not buying it anymore. I'm just gonna I just go to their house and snip some. It's so easy to buy actually in Manhattan. Right now they're selling on um in pot plants, right? Potted plants of of, of basil. So you can even just keep it home on the on your back deck. Um some salt, some grated parmesan cheese. I took a half a pound of round zucchini, half a pound of zucchini and I cut them into quarter inch rounds. And then I had olive oil and cooking spray, so I mixed everything together. Like um, in the food processor, I did the the salt, the basil, um, and the and the um, panko crumbs. Um, and then I added in the cheese. Um, so I had this kind of like a breadcrumb mixture. And then I uh, took my zucchinis, and I just because they give off a little bit of moisture naturally, I dipped the zucchini into the to the um, Parmesan panko crumb, and then I just put it on a cookie sheet and I sprayed it with um, the vegetable cooking spray or canola cooking spray. You can do olive oil cooking spray. And then I put it in the oven, lined on a cookie sheet with parchment paper for 400, at 450 degrees like in 10 minutes. I so were crispy, chippy, cheesy, delicious zucchini. So and how thinly do you slice those? So I did it about a, <coughs> a quarter of an inch. Hmm. I don't know, like this. <laughs> for those who of you who are watching... Watch our show online at nachumseigel or anytime on YouTube on Nachum Net. I did it right. <laughs> um, you can watch us live um, or anytime. Eli and Liz and Jesse tell everyone that you know all your friends that they can watch our show because yeah. we have so much fun. Yeah, can, it's listening but also watching. You know, we're using all our senses. Um. So, okay, um, what else is coming up into seasons? I know j- ramps had just gone by. Right. So, um, well, pretty soon
3: we have berries coming. Mm. And, you know, there's nothing like fresh berries. Pick your own berries. Um, if you can do it, nothing compares to that experience. Doing it with your kids, of course, it will turn them onto berries forever and ever. So uh, we'll be writing about... Um, Strawberries and believe it or not, cherries grow in Connecticut. We'll be writing about pick your own cherries
0: and what to make with them. Where do people go to do pick your own? Where can they find? I know in Long Island you can go to Lewin Farms. I've been there. Right, but where can they go right. where else if they don't want to you know live
3: in Fife? Yeah. When we when we write that post, which will be close to the time that you can actually pick, we're going to be um, we're going to be using a link that will help people to see a. Um, it will guide people to a site that will tell them where they can pick anywhere in the country. Oh, nice! So it connects to farms all over that have pick-your-own and. Um, you know, thank God we have readers now all over the place. So although I'm in Connecticut and in New York City, it's very important now for me not to always say, well, this is where you can pick in Connecticut. Right. That's
0: why I say I don't want right. to tell people where to pick in Long Island. I know there's tons of places in New Jersey. Right. That friends have mentioned. Right. There are people picking all over.
3: So, um, so we have, we'll give a link. So okay. that people can find out. Where and then they maybe can also pick. some
0: recipes. Because you know yeah. people are gonna go pick all these strawberries. There's only X amount of strawberries you can eat in a week. Right. I did strawberry shortcake for the first time
3: this weekend. And and it was so delicious. Of course, it was a pleasure to make it milchic. I really don't want to make a biscuit with margarine. I right. know I know it can be done. But I really want to taste the butter, so we took advantage of that and we whipped cream and we found out, we read, my daughter and I, she's a great cook, so when she I was telling Jessie no. I was telling someone when she comes (laughs) home, we prepare, uh, you know, email exchanges for a week planning what we're going to be cooking for the weekend if she comes home on Friday because we um, cook a lot together and very easily. So we found out that when you whip cream, if you put in, this is so weird, a teaspoon of cream cheese, it will help the cream to stay stable and thick. So we actually transported that whipped cream to a friend's house for dinner, and when we opened up the container, it had not liquefied at all. Big tip. Wow. That's really I interesting. I never
2: heard that one. No, can we so, have
0: the breakdown? We can have another What's for Dessert. Let's call it What's for Dessert segment by Gormekla. Okay, re- repeat that again. Yeah, so. How, can you try to figure out amounts for us? Isn't that so, so interesting? I know it's not so good for a barbecue session, well, but. It's very, it's <laughs> very, it's very, it's,
3: it's very milchic, right? I mean, I haven't whipped, um, coconut, cream
0: have you done that John? i've
3: never done coconut yeah, cream Jesse, have you done it
2: yeah we've done it at the school a few times
3: yeah, Joe, trader joe's i don't know if it's kosher but i haven't bought it yet but it's um, coconut cream it says whipping cream coconut oh cream. that
2: i haven't um, tried but what i've tried is you take a can of coconut yeah. milk you put that in the refrigerator the cream comes to the top and that can be whipped <gasps> and expanded and then you have coconut flavored yeah well, it's coconut cream but it's whipped right that oh, that works, works well
0: well, oh, yeah. what, what did you say? Can we give uh, Eli take that purple microphoney thing?
1: <laughs> okay, uh,
0: say that again.
1: <laughs> yeah, I use that in my bartending manners, coconut cream. It just it gives a nice like if you do a sharpness with a little bit of strawberry mix in. I love that idea. Great, yeah. Great. So kind of like a pina colada, Miami Vice type of idea. yeah, <laughs> nice refreshing Must, uh, summer drink.
3: Yeah, so we went full <laughs> throttle, <laughs> like full throttle dairy, of course. So we one cup of heavy cream uh, results in two cups of whipped cream. And for that one cup of cream, we threw in to my mixer one teaspoon of cream cheese.
0: It was crazy. It's not even a lot. It's
3: like nothing. nothing. It's like a...
0: 164. And about
3: One. and I packed that in a cooler to transport it along with these, you know, dairy biscuits that we made. We made like very traditional strawberry shortcake, and the cream was stiff and beautiful, able to be spooned on after. Do you add in like sugar, vanilla? I do into that. Yeah, sugar and vanilla. I would have done. How about lemon zest? Can we do that? What do you think about that? Lemon zest. I've z- never
2: tried it, but yeah, I, I. like lemon. I think it would work. Or I, lime. I wouldn't. Make it collapse, I don't yeah, think.
3: Yeah, I don't know what it would do chemically. But, um, yeah, we just did sugar and lemon. I mean, uh, sugar and vanilla. Sugar
0: and vanilla. Powdered sugar. Powdered sugar, Powdered sugar yeah, right. I've seen that. Right. So I saw this trick on YouTube, and I thought, this is going to be great. I'm going to do this trick on you um, at a cooking demo that I'm doing for a bridal shower. I did um, a crepe cake. I made crepes, and then rather than making traditional blintzes, I showed them you stack it between layers of dolce de leche and jam and nuts and whipped cream, Thought yummy it's delicious so i thought okay i was going to whip the cream by hand like i usually do but um I saw this trick on YouTube. I was a little disappointed. I took a mason jar. It had a mason jar, and they put in the cream. Did you guys see it? And then you add in your vanilla and your sugar, and then you shake it for 40 seconds. Nothing happened. (laughs) I was wondering. I said, oh, God, I was so sad because I thought it would be such a cool trick to teach young brides that trick. How could it happen? You're not whipping any air into it. I couldn't understand, but they on YouTube... Oh, on Facebook, it, it was a Facebook, it worked. So I think there was a little too much editing there, but so you have to actually be careful with some of the stuff that, you see these great videos now, like 30 second clips of videos of food, which, and recipes, which I love that idea, but you have to be careful they don't always work, which is fine. And as a chef, you know, sometimes things don't work. When I did my cooking demo at Gourmet Glad a couple of weeks ago, I was showing everyone my brilliant, how good I am at making crepes. And then my crepe pan got too cool and it didn't really work and Miriam finished it off and she did a great job. But I couldn't do that on air because, you know, sometimes things at home fail. Yeah, they fail. Yeah. If sometimes it's what do they call a hashtag epic fail. Yeah. You have those every once in a while and that's perfectly normal. You should not be deterred away from cooking if you have a big flop. Right, guys? I mean…
2: Yeah, that's part of the fun. You learn from your mistakes.
0: Yeah. And, and people
2: love and to you hear them. and
3: they love to hear them about the mistakes. It's fun to post those pictures. People love that. Disasters. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Disasters in the kitchen. We can make a little uh, Facebook group from that. Disasters yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. Um okay, so what else can we look forward so, to from you? Uh, um well,
3: I uh, we're working on a pickling post because, and it's so great because we're in the Lower East Side. So, you know, the Lower East Side, of course. Home of the pickles. Right. Pickles were sold from barrels here. Um, my grandparents were here when they came from Poland. Um, pickles were cheap. They were sold, I think, on a stick.
0: Yeah, and, I'm, not, I'm not even um, sure.
3: There were uh, families who were not Jewish who didn't want Jewish kids coming home to eat. I mean, to, not to eat, but to visit their kids because they smelled of garlic. You know, it was like really like fashtinkin'. But, um, <laughs> but, um, anyway, we're working on a pickle post and I'm um, very excited to be speaking with Sandor Katz.
0: Who's who that? Is,
3: um, he's the big, the big pickle guy. He's a, totally into fermenting. Um, fermenting is a whole
0: show in itself, yeah, isn't it's
3: it? It's a big, it's a big thing. Well, f- fermenting and pickling are um related but different. But um, we're setting up an interview with him now, and um, you know everything that you want to pickle will be in your farmers' markets. Imminently. I mean, right now we really only have greens in the farmer's market. What do you this, mean by greens? Well... Like celery or lettuce? No, or? I mean, you know, spinach and butter, lettuce, and um, there's beautiful arugula in the markets right now. And the colder the nights, the less bitter the arugula. So, you know, if you love arugula, but sometimes wow. it gets super sharp, it's because you're... You're, you have warmer nights, but right now we still have cool nights. And in the fall, when we have cool nights, that arugula becomes more mild when it gets that's the cold. That's so interesting. I know it's crazy. So should we
0: keep our arugula in the fridge when we buy it in July when it's hot at night? Well, that's a great question. Um...
3: Yeah, Would I, that I think t- once
0: it's picked, it doesn't,
3: I don't yeah. think it's going to affect the flavor. Yeah. But speaking of, I, I'm doing a post this week on what to do with your farmer's market purchases, how to store them, how to manage them, how to wash them, what to do with them with a great recipe coming up for I'm a so fresh excited about pea soup. So, and it's not the same when you use frozen peas. I know it's very tempting, but this is a fresh pea soup and maybe of greater interest even is what you do with all that stuff that you Buy at the farmer's market because there's nothing worse than buying scallions and then reaching into your vegetable bin and finding that they're gooey
0: and slimy. Because you left them for too long? Right, you have to know how to handle these things. They aren't all handled the same way. I, I love this whole crop sharing, and I know I've spoken about uh, it in, in the uh, fall season. I know there's something called, I want to say golden earthworm, am I right? It's out in Long Island. I don't know. And a friend of mine, but Naomi Ross, um, Uh, Jewish cooking concepts. she does it and one time she was away and she gets like she has to go like every Thursday she's talking about a CSA a CSA community supported agriculture yes thank you and I think the the one she uses is golden earthworm I have to check it out because I want to actually join it um and she said she was going away for Sukkot or something she offered me her crop share for that week fantastic and I went and I picked it up and it was unreal I, I never made rhubarb before yeah so I made rhubarb, no, it wasn't rhubarb, Swiss chard, and they came in beautiful colors. With bright red stems, right? So beautiful. All different colors. Yeah. Like there was- So I put on Instagram, what do I do with these? And everyone was sending me through Instagram like um, posts on how to cook it. So it was was amazing. Well, there are many great things
3: about subscribing to a CSA. I mean, the first thing that's really great is you're supporting your farmers. Yeah. So they get the money up front for the share that you're purchasing. And as a cook, you're going to be responding to what's in season. So instead of going to a supermarket on a Thursday with a list and with recipes that you've thought about, you are responding to the ingredients. So if in your box that week you have um, ramps, (laughs) <laughs> I know. Ra- I never had a ramp. Right. And so- you've never made ramps or you have an abundance of, well, here's the one that we really don't like, but we try to like kohlrabi. I bet you know what to do with it. But, you know, you have to respond to the, what's in season. Is that season. in season right
0: now, kohlrabi?
3: It, it will be coming. I don't know when it happens. I try to ignore I it. Think, yeah. <laughs>
2: it's coming up. <laughs> Beware. Coming. It's coming. Watch it out. My soup.
0: Yeah. I put it in my soup. Yeah. Um, it's a nice flavor. My mom taught me to do
3: that. Yeah. It's it's, a,
2: it's a. I think it's a root vegetable. Yeah.
0: yeah. But as a CSA
3: subscriber, you know, you're doing a lot of great stuff, especially, you know, your food is going to taste better because yeah. it's, those ingredients were harvested a day or two prior to you receiving your box or picking up your box. And there are CSA pickups all over the city. So, and some of them are still um, available to be purchased. So, right, they they only sell X amount
0: per season right, or so per they, year.
3: Right, so they get sold out. And it depends on, you know, your hours of work and your location where you can... Make this most convenient because you know schlepping a box on the subway is not that easy. Right.
0: <laughs> so how does one find out more about CSA? They can just go to CSA on Google and find I out. Probably Google CSA yeah. and
3: your area. You know, CSA Five Towns or CSA Connecticut or CSA Fairfield County, Connecticut, oh, Brooklyn. Yeah, or Brooklyn.
2: They're all over the place. They are. There's a lot of options. A lot sure. of farms are doing it. it. Makes sense for the farmers and it makes sense for the for the purchaser.
0: Do you base a lot of your menu planning for the school through seasonal vegetables also
2: we try to in in our case uh, it's just basically one of the staff members going out to the market to get, um, but we also have a curriculum we have to stick to so right right unfortunately, I would love to do more and we we incorporate the seasonality aspects in our in our recreational classes, our date night menus right. our cocktails that we make exactly. so uh, in In those cases, we say okay what 's fresh what 's in the market and it makes such a big difference when something is fresh as opposed to being in storage for who knows how long you know right. it, it makes such a difference i
3: don 't plan anymore I just go to the market. I shop my local farmers' market in Westport connecticut it 's all organic it 's all first tier selling, which means that the goods are grown in Connecticut and sold. Um, within I don't know how many miles 100 miles whatever 100 200 it doesn't really matter that much but I don't go with a shopping list and a plan even if I'm having guests on Friday night I don't go with a plan anymore I mean I might know that I'm, I want chicken right I don't I and don't chicken soup you know I don't look up a recipe for a salad and then struggle to look for greens that aren't being harvested right, right. now. There's no point you
0: go with what's in That's and right. everything picked at prime. That's right. It's
3: almost. It does
2: the work for you. Right. It's that's the way right.
0: God intended it, right? Yeah, yeah. We weren't supposed to eat certain things at certain times, I guess.
2: That's true. Well, that's, it's a recent development, probably 20th century before that. You didn't have the option. That's right. right. You didn't have the trucking, the shipping, the. Or
3: the refrigeration. The
2: refrigeration.
3: Right. right. But we did have
0: pickling. We did right. her pickling. And charcuterie. <laughs> we
1: did. We had charcuterie. charcuterie. Right, we had
0: right,
2: fermentation.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Right. Eli does a lot you know,
1: of. I'm big into fresh products. Huge. He's like using fresh garlic on things. and… Uh, it's- it's amazing.
0: Uh, I think people appreciate it. It's like something coming yep. right off. Right My there. stomach is
2: rumbling
0: so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we always talk about food being a food show, but all these fresh ingredients and, you know. Right. right. I, I, oh, can I just ask you, I, I had a ramp. Um, I was at Paradise the other day with Melinda Strauss. Mm. So we did a 12-course tasting menu. It was ah. insane. Um, but what is a ramp? What is it? I, I'm hearing it all over, like more this year than I ever had in the past. Is it an onion? What, what exactly? I'd like to see it in its raw state. You want to do it, Jesse?
2: Well, I have my theory. I, you know, I think, I think a ramp is a, is a, is this a young onion? A spring onion? A cabin is that right? Onion? I think so, yeah. Yeah, basically, I mean, that's what it looks like to me. I've seen them pickled. You see them fresh in the farmer's market. Basically, in the spring, everything's first starting to come up the ground, from the ground. So you get different flavor because it's younger. And I think that a ramp is just a young onion of some kind, okay. I believe.
0: Okay, in the onion family. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they had some pickled ramps, but they had so yeah. many components on this plate of fabulous food that we ate um, yeah. that it was hard to, you know. Distinguish. Distinguish. I like to see it and try it raw and then, you know, come up with my own thing. But it's yeah. almost it's a very short season. Very.
3: It's one of those yes. things that has a it's very pleading. short season. Yes.
0: Um, so, yeah. So uh, I also want to
3: mention that yeah. um, on Kosher Like Me, I write about I write about events that I think my readers should know about, and um, I am always looking at what's at the Center for Kosher Culinary Thank Arts, you. Jesse's School, and uh, coming up this week, I think we are uh, giving people a big heads up on the Father's Day grilling class.
2: Well, Father's um, Day, we have a Father's Day barbecue class, yeah, which cool. is coming up on Father's Day, and... It's a great – I mean, we get people in that class who aren't fathers, but fathers are more than welcome. (laughs) Everyone is welcome. It's a it's a grilling class, so we do a variety of different dishes. We put up a grill on the back. I'm not sure if we're supposed to be doing that, but we do it anyway. We
0: won't tell. (laughs)
2: And it's great. We have a special chef who comes in who's uh, very skilled in grilling and barbecue and – It's a delicious class,
3: and it's a it's a great way to spend a Father's Day. Um, Yeah. Recently, we posted about the babka baking class. I mean, you know, done babka baking and. A lot of it. And you've also done um, traditional Jewish desserts like a broader. Haven't you
2: done classes we did. that are a little broader? We used to try to do babka, bagels, and uh, and rugelach in one class. This time we just did babka, and I was speaking to my chef, and I said, how did we ever do all three in one? So <laughs> now we separate them out. The bagel class will be coming up in the fall, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, I've done
0: bagel making. It's so much fun.
2: It is. And when it comes out f- from the oven fresh, we also make bialis. Fresh, which you never see anymore, right except up for Kosar's. Kosar's
0: right. right up here on Grand Street. Right. I got something on the over. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: It's a real treat. It's nice. a real treat. Yeah.
0: Very nice. So, Liz, we've got lots to hear about from you. So go to kosherlikeme.com or on Facebook or on Instagram. You can find uh, Liz Rubin and all her exciting culinary adventures. Uh, you can find Jessie Blonder and all the exciting. I'm just going to – here's my CKCA um, – Postcard.
2: Exactly. It's
0: bigger than a postcard. That's why I'm like a little.
2: It's a sumo-sized postcard. It's just. It's on. That's
0: what they call it. Yeah. I like this on steroids. Um, and I'm going to be so excited to join your cooking school. We're also going to be. The final announcement would be: I'm going to be having a segment, on table for two. It's going to be the last 15 minutes of the show. It's called Naomi Goes to Cooking School. (laughs) I know it's so original. What can I say? (laughs) But I want it to be exactly what it is, and I'm going to be sharing everything I've learned, along the way. From the students that I meet to the chefs that I meet to the dishes that I make to the skills that I've learnt, and I'm going to be inviting everyone down to at some time or another to talk and share all our experiences that we've had together. Um, I really recommend people come join me and and the whole team of uh, at. Uh, ckca uh, up in ramaz uh, i know they have the you know the stuff going on in brooklyn the program in brooklyn yes but i think it's really nice to be in the city in in now. Uh, yeah
2: it's more accessible for some people we and realize also that, that.
0: And i love it i think it's really I, I think it's, if you're going to take a class a uh, um baking risk, class a baking class now's the time to do it when they have access to that milk kitchen i think it's absolutely fantastic and of course eli thank you so much eli hoffman Grill Master, Five Towns Waitering. I look forward to doing our next giga. Yeah, I, I don't do not know.
1: Over yeah,
0: over the summer and when I'm not in cooking school and I'm actually going to be going to the Kansas City Barbecue Festival, um, which I'm really excited about. I'm going to be joining Yosef Silva and his crew and Mendel Siegel out in Kansas City in a couple of, I guess, August 16th, I want to say. Uh, you are listening to Table for Two uh, with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Abelson Hyman. We taste better. Please stay listening to music all the way up until Lichbenching. They are the music is provided by our friends at Kerem. I just want to wish everybody a good Shabbos, a great weekend, happy cooking, and Shabbat Shalom.